Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Joke Maniac. And I'm your other host, DM Celeste. And today, we're going to tie back to episode number 161, Why So Evil, which featured Chris Pranoski. Uh, you know, the guy who did a little bit of work on small shows like uh, Metal Ocalypse and uh, Venture Brothers and, you know, stuff you probably have totally heard of. Yeah, tiny shows, real tiny. <laughs> but that inspired Rorik and I to make two forum posts, but we're only going to talk about one. And that's DMnastics number 133, part A, Meet Some Evil. Part two, or part B, it would have been way funnier had I named it part two, uh, <laughs> was Wield Some Evil, which kind of got into back into a little bit of the intelligent items and going kind of the cursed route. But since we had talked about that recently, we thought we would focus all our energy on meeting some evil people. Yeah. So let's take a look at the questions we asked. So for this one, uh, essentially, the goal was to brainstorm some of the evil NPCs that players might have to work with in the world of Dayambe or in an evil campaign or even in a good one. You know, you you always need a good evil NPC. Uh, So for the brainstorm questions, we came up with the following. One, what is the NPC's name? Two, what organization are they connected to? Three, what is their role in the organization? Four, what is the cost of doing business with this evil entity? Five. What are the consequences of crossing them? Six, anything else at all? Oh, yeah. Yes. The greatest of all. The summation of all questions. Yes. So, the question that I have for you, which one did you choose from the forums? Yes. So, I chose, um, just since this this really tickled my fancy, uh, was from DM Danielson. Number one, what is the NPC's name? Vince the Sloth Folk. So, already... We're here, and we love it, obviously, uh, sloth folk. Uh, What organization are they connected to? Diambe Magical Vanguard, a.k.a. the DMV. Uh, And what is their role? So, essentially, the DMV is responsible for licensing all magic items in the world, and Vince the Sloth Folk uh, works at the DMV. So, uh, (laughs) this is just so funny. It's so good. I also like that they're... I don't know if they're inherently evil or just everyone thinks they're evil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, so essentially the cost of working with Vince at the DMV is time and sanity. You have to catch him at specific hours. Uh, you have to renew your licenses for your magic items. Otherwise, the DMV will confiscate them from you. What? So, what, so there's an initial test to use your items, like all these things. So it's just a bureaucratic set up for in your games as to why this organization uh, basically influences your characters and something you have to go through to maintain and keep your magic items, which I thought was a really cool idea and would definitely drive me crazy if that was in a game. So the perfect uh, subtle evil NPC there. Oh, that's so good. Gotta go, gotta go get a smog check on my wand of fireballs. Yes, and I just, I love this. Vince is an aspiring time mage and practices this often. So just the idea of having also a sloth folk uh, is already incredible. And then having this this slow-moving person uh, that you have to deal with is just an incredible idea. So well done, DM Danielson. Yes, very, very well done. Magic DMV. Oh, I love it. Uh, and there's, I mean... The limitless potential with the pain and suffering that we have all felt 
while at yes. the real DMV. At the real DMV. Bring that into your games. Make it make it fantastical. Yes. So, speaking of fantastical, I am going to highlight the post from DM Laser because it immediately made me think of Dodgeball, one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> Blade. Laser. Blazer. Uh, yes. So, with that out of the way, they gave us Bromwood, the Mad Paladin, Ooh. where essentially it's the troubled past and present and probably future of a paladin devoted to Paylor. Mm. But they were trying to route out this cult of Nerul, and essentially the cult of Nerul twisted what they thought they were doing and convinced the paladin, basically, that Paylor was behind it the whole time. And like the and now they're essentially seeking out their own order, like under the delusions that they are doing the right thing. Oh no. And they're also very, very, very aggressive in terms of their helping and doing the right thing. Like if you're suffering, they may just choose to put you out of that suffering because you're oh, no, no longer suffering. But in their like initial presentation, like they they seem totally fine, like a normal, you know, an air quote normal person. But then when push comes to shove, they're shoving off cliffs rather than just shoving. And so, a very very rich story with this troubled background, you know, and it kind of gives the players, you know, and that moral decision rather than just put it, you know, and putting the person down necessarily. Like, how do we help this person? get back to where they used to be yeah i mean i always love in my games bringing in like lawful good or even lawful evil there's such a fine line in between what that means it's like having somebody who truly does believe that this must be done for the greater good there's no questions asked is always such a hard road to navigate and creates a lot of interesting rpg scenarios when you're like well what do we do with this person they do believe they are doing the right thing yes but but the methods, is it worth it? Um, so that's always just a great bunch of potential to throw into your games. Yes. So haunt your players with the DMV and Bromwood, the Mad Paladin. <laughs> yes. But with those out of the way, that means it's time to lift the mental weights right now. Ooh. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. Okay. So how how do we want to do it? I've got a couple ideas. Throw them out. Throw one out. Let's see where it goes. By the power of the internet. Are you doing a name search? Heck yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I always love the idea of putting innocuously evil people into games. So people that lure in the characters with trust and they just seem like upstanding citizens or whatever. And then the, the evil slowly comes out over time until it's a big, big old situation. <laughs> I like it. Well, and so the other thing was, you know, part of the question was to also build something that people could use in an evil campaign. Mm, so yeah. I think for me, I want to put a, like an evil vendor on the streets of Lucina Tyrion, again, like kind of fleshed out big city in the world of Dayaimbe. But then I'm trying to think of like, what would they sell that the players would like absolutely need to like, it's this right. like back and forth, like they have to interact with them. Yeah, like, because I immediately, yeah, think of, like, black market items, but, like, why would uh, characters need 
body parts or organs. That's like immediately what I went to because evil. Uh, But also, hmm. So I did use the power of the internet. So we will call them Veil Wolf Moon. Whoa, I love it. And then that kind of lends me towards like somewhat of an evil druid because my thought was what if they're having to get like some sort of drug-like supply from this person. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking of like crazy mushrooms or herbs and different things like that. And so then the players are constantly forced to work with Vale Wolf Moon to be able to get this supply to then be able to put it out on the streets. Mm-hmm. Or also maybe this person, they peddle like healing potions and stuff like that, but they always have like some kind of cost or twist. So maybe they do become addictive or... um yeah, like they're they're healing potions, so they get that done. But yeah, the cost is you become highly addicted to it and need to buy and use these healing potions specifically. Or maybe they have some kind of effect, like after eight hours you get a level of exhaustion after using it, or something like that. Yeah. Oh. And I also, <laughs> I feel like we've talked about it somewhere else recently, but I love the idea of Vale also being extremely fickle on pricing. Yes. Oh, we were talking yes, about depending it. on the mood. Yep. With the bag of uh, bartering. Oh, yes, the, the intelligent bag of holding. Yes. Uh, now we have personified them into Vale Wolf Moon. Mm-hmm. What, were the, what are the consequences of crossing Vale Moon? Ooh. We have to decide. You know what? I, I think I also like that fickle nature and also being the druid. They just won't come back. Yeah. Like, that's it. Yeah, I don't care. Like, you know, whatever. And I can go sell it to somebody else or just not come back and just live in the woods for, like, the next three weeks. That's not my problem. Yeah, I want to be a wolf for the next three weeks. Yeah, whatevs. Or they're really difficult to find. Like, their schedule is very strange. (laughs) Oh, I like that, too. (laughs) Yeah. So you you have to meet them in, like, this specific glade, like, on the second Tuesday of like high moon or something. Oh, it's having having to do like this very elaborate like astrology and like lunar cycles and things like that to find out where they would be. Oh. Or they leave like strange nature clues with druid craft to like their next location. Yes. Well, they don't want to get caught, man. They don't. No, no, they're selling the good stuff. Yep. I love that. <laughs> okay, next one. Let's see. Um hmm. I've always liked the idea of a really evil bard being in a game and i'm not sure how exactly that would work like what the motivation would be why would a bard be evil okay so this would be tapping into things i'm currently watching which i mean if you're not using that as a dm skill get on it get do it it's just free ideas my initial thought because i'm actually Rewatching all the Marvel Netflix series before Ooh. season two of Punisher comes out. Uh, right now I'm watching Jessica Jones. And it, when you said evil bard, it made, immediately made me think of Kilgrave. Yeah, that's David Tennant's character. Right? Yep. And, the, and just like using their bardic power and their bardic knowledge and just all of that to basically coerce everyone into doing whatever they want. Yeah, absolutely. So this, yeah, this person is like climbed up from nothing and then used their power to just manipulate and control everyone yes. into accomplishing their own goals, life of luxury. They probably created fake titles for themselves, <laughs> roll into town and swindle everybody. Ooh. Okay, so what would what would their name be? Okay, I mean, I used the name generator and like I found one that I feel like is really good. Okay, do it. 
Tempest Dukes. Ooh, I love that. Tempest yeah. Dukes. I like I like that one too because then I, I mean gender totally gender neutral on the name. And yes. Oh, that's good. Done. Oh, that Tempest is good. Just rolling. Dukes. I imagine that uh in rhinestones on the back of a jacket. Dukes. Yes. Oh. Uh, yes. But- Okay, now I'm thinking of uh, Parks and Rec as Duke's, Duke Silver. Duke Silver. <laughs> yes. Just Even steal better. it all. Yes. Oh, uh, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. And that, that would be super fun, yeah, if the, the PCs were staying in a town and then this person rolled in. And maybe since they're, you know, PCs generally have higher stats, they're the only ones immune to this person's charm, or they see this happening and then decide whether maybe to get in on it mm-hmm. uh, with this person or to confront them. Yeah, I mean, like you said, especially if you have an evil party, like that decision of, do I work with them or mm-hmm. work against them? Right. And- do I take a cut of this? Do mm-hmm. I want in, or yep. or do I have to come to heads with this person? Like this is our evil turf. Get out of here or join forces. Yeah. So kind of with that, then what is the cost of doing business with Tempest Dukes? Oh God, that's such a good name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see the cost. I think, I mean, I think Tempest is all about that money and that status. Uh, I think they would probably be someone really interested in knowing, like, staking out that this was their griff, you know, like, mm-hmm. this was my job. And, like, you're allowed in to it, but th- I'm the head honcho. No, I like the idea of just even just a cut, like, no matter what you're doing, if you're doing it under me, I need a cut back. Yeah, I'm and 80%, then- you're 20%. Oh. Yes. Constantly. Yeah. So what are the consequences of crossing them? Uh, Somebody who can mess with your mind. Let's see. I think I think also Tempest would work in like Tempest would work in in subtle ways. So maybe convincing other people or townsfolk to come after the party or the characters, like convincing everybody that they did something wrong or pointing the blame on them. Yeah. I think there's a lot of potential for betrayal there if you uh and who knows even if you help them out and help them out and it goes well they might still sick townspeople on you just to get back their cut yeah even in an evil campaign turning people that you don't want to do something towards against you i mean that's that's still i mean not even because you can still do that in evil campaign where it's not even the moral dilemma it's the you know the practical dilemma of well if i kill all these people that are now trying to come after me i still have way more trouble than i actually yeah. want to deal I with so won't i won't be able to it. come back to the city to trade things or ever. i won't be able to stay here and word will travel ever again yes yep. you could get a bounty put on your head like there's there's all kinds of stuff that secrets in you know the wrong ears could absolutely destroy or make life very challenging for an evil party i like it i say we do one more all right so this one's really weird i mean because it's two normal words but i really like it together so this evil person character is going to be named ashes fade Ooh. so I, Mm. i mean i like putting this person definitely in the shadows oh yeah absolutely I get a very kind of arcane vibe from that name too. Maybe some kind of warlock, or I, w- I was going to lean towards kind of some necromancy, and I was thinking that what are you going? So, what if it's a town or an area where cremation is important? 
just just the setup like that's kind of what they do maybe they're on such a limited spot in land or Mm -hmm. you mean it's a very swamp like area so or rocky cliff side yeah yeah (laughs) conventional cemeteries just don't function the same way and so then they you you mean they use cremation and for some reason all these you mean urns and everything are empty and you find out that this person has been taking them all (gasps) i love it Oh, that'd be such a creepy quest to get to. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm definitely, yeah, imagining having to go after this person and see what what exactly they're doing. Some kind of maybe ashes, like constructs, undead. Oh, yeah, lots of potential there. Yeah, and and then it's this big conspiracy, and again, you can easily put it in your evil campaign because then it's it can be that vie for power of what could this person who's now taken all of these dead and all of these ashes, like what could they possibly be doing? Yeah. Oh, and they could be doing so many nasty things. Ah, you know. I would, you know, so the idea of what organization are they connected to, I would kind of want this person to be the top of their own kind mm-hmm. of. Like their own cult or yeah. something. Oh. Yeah, like a, a cult leader, I think that they're using the ashes to do something horrible. And maybe, maybe even at some point it steps itself up like they are now not content with taking the ashes of the already dead, but convinced that they want, well, they need to incinerate people for more ashes for this. So it becomes Ooh. a passive organization that moves into a very active, murderous one. There's also that kind of potential written in there. So what is the cost of doing business, if anything, with this evil entity? Ooh. Hmm. Ah, uh, I mean... We mentioned Warlock. I mean, it could be that, you know, the idea that this person could be, you know, giving things while you then have to give up some piece of yourself. In return, yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, the final piece of yourself when it's all said and done. Mm Mm-hmm. And your ashes will come to dust to dust. Yes. Oh gosh, I'm just such a creepy RPG confrontation scene is being built in my head. I love this. Well, and so what are the consequences of crossing them? I mean, that could be. I mean, that could be the initial catalyst for like this whole thing. Could be that they've taken the ashes of you know the you know fallen people that the party already knows, right? Or be it relatives, or... be it friends, yeah, things like that. <gasps> Oh, this would be great too if if you had a party member who died and you brought them into a cleric for resurrection, like before the resurrection could happen, the body is taken or something like that. Oh, that would be yeah. that would be crazy. Oh, that's good. Oh, uh, then that puts a time clock on it immediately too, and that's good stuff. Anything else we might think to add? I imagine them wearing like a really sweet mask. Yes. Oh, what a nasty character. Well done. Into it. Very evil. We okay. eviled that evil. Yes, we did. And their ultimate goal is to rise from the ashes anew. Ah, ah, ah. Perfect. <gasps> Maybe it's a lich or so- Oh, God. Okay, oh, so yeah. so much. Yep. So, but with that, I think we've done it. We've done it once again. So I have the most important question, of course, and that is where can people go to find us? Okay, uh, so if you want to tell us more about the evil NPCs you've used in your game, you can go ahead and email us over at dmnastics at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at dmnastics. Uh, you can also find our personal handles over on there. And 
Also, be sure to visit blockpartypodcastnetwork.com to check out all the cool forums and stuff happening over there. But with that, let's head to the post-workout cool-down and stretch with the light bulb. Light bulb. So, today... We are going to talk about WizKids Miniatures. Ah, yes. Uh, basically, the new the new line that they've been putting out both through D&D and Pathfinder. And good on WizKids. <laughs> dip into both pots as much as possible. The pre-done ones that they're putting out now are insane. And pretty much you can find any character that you would want. I mean, sure, it's never going to be perfect. That's just the long and the short of it because we all make amazing, unique characters. But for the game that my wife and some of her coworkers are in, it took me about, I don't know, five or ten minutes at the friendly local game store. And I had miniatures for all four characters already. Yes. And so th- go down and because it, it's a fun way to kind of get your players more invested um, if they can find something that feels more like their character. And it could also be a way that you kind of reverse engineer. Like if you have some first time players, have them go to the game store and look because it's like half elf druid, you know, gnome druid, dwarf cleric. And so you're getting this physical and visual representation of what your character can be. And it could be a way to build a character kind of backwards. So you start with a perfect mini and build around it rather than the reverse and getting disappointed when they invariably have the wrong weapon or the wrong hair or something like that. Yeah. And then also with these uh, these folks, I was able to check out their booth uh, at PAX East and they just came out with a bunch of miniatures that go with the uh, Dungeon of the Mad Mage and the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica set. And let me tell you, that pre-painted dragon from the Ravnica set, so the Niz Mezit or whatever, mm-hmm. is probably the coolest miniature I've ever seen in my whole life. It's nice. painted beautifully, and it's got just these amazing frills, and like looking at that in the glass case made me almost die on the spot. So it, that's a testament to the quality of their nice. work. You really should go check out some of the beautiful stuff they do. Yep. Oh, they also have a really cool uh, line of just basic animals, which is something you don't see a lot. So things like brown bears, black bears... Uh, tigers, things like that to put in your game. And they're just really well done and just excellent miniatures to take a look at. Yep. So go. Go now to your friendly local game store and buy some super cool miniatures. With that, though, we'll turn out the lights and head out of the gym. But before we go, I want to implore you, the listener, to join the forums and take part in these challenges and exercises, as well as all of the other amazing conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some gymnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift? Can I trust you will add your own cardio? Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio. What are you doing? Horizontal running. <laughs>